Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. It's that time of year. Cash the ticket. Jim Costa with Mike Valeni. We shift the focus from football to college hoops, getting us ready for the tournament where we're going to break down all the matchups and have an eye on some future plays, too. Search Cash the Ticket on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw. Joe Ryan, Andrew Benintendi. First pitch swing. Benintendi in the air for right field. Kepler back at the wall. That is a grand start for the White Sox. Another first pitch home run against Ryan. And it's one nothing, just like that. Welcome back to Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 to score. David Haw, Bruce Levine, until 11 o'clock today talking baseball. Thank you, NBC Sports Chicago and Jason Benetti, for that highlight from the White Sox-Twins game on Friday night. Andrew Benintendi leads off with a home run, which was great because it was the top of the first. The problem is in the bottom of the first, Lance Lynn started throwing batting practice to the Twins, and they started hitting home runs, and they won the game. 8-3, to three, and the White Sox continue to struggle, which brings us to our next guest who joins us on the Circa Resort Casino in Las Vegas Hotline, home of the world's largest sports book, Ozzie Guillen. Good morning, Oz. How are you? Good morning, guys. Very well. So let's start with last night, if we can. Obviously, Lance Lynn gives up four more home runs. He's now given up more than anybody in Major League Baseball. Ozzie, do the White Sox have a candidate to trade or a candidate to release? Well, you know, it's, it's the funny thing about this is just, <clears throat> sorry. Uh, well, yes, you both does some run, but also I don't think the, the defense helped him at all. You know what I mean? That guy, just uh, he can go either way. He can go have a great game or a lot of strikeouts or have a type of game like that. You know, he just not make the right pitch when he had to. But I think his teammate let him down yesterday. Uh, I think, I still think he's a great uh, trade people trade guy because I know a few teams looking for him. Uh, he's going to give you the innings. He's going to provide you a, a pretty good game. But uh, obviously, you know, you give up four home runs. I mean, four home runs no matter how your defense play. But uh, I think that the, the the score, the run score in that inning, just they make a couple plays in the field. I think it was different ball game. As he, uh the White Sox have played 100 games as of today. Uh, it's it's a bad team, okay? There's no there's no other way to talk about it. It has a lot of good talent, in my opinion. That said, what are your thoughts about how much the makeup of the team matters as to wins and losses? You managed for a long time. You played forever. You've been uh, part of baseball since you were born. How much is makeup a tribute to wins and losses, and in particular on this team? Well, you know, it's funny because yesterday I wrote it down in my book watching the game. They're down by three runs, and they come the seven, eight, and nine hitter. They're supposed to be the, the worst hitter on the ball club. And they swing the first pitch. 
Ryan was struggled. He couldn't could find the place, and and we helped them. I don't know if the the plan was was like get up early, a lot of strike, or they went there with no plan. Uh, you know, the make of the team, it had to be a well. You cannot go there and hear home runs, home runs. Uh, they, this team don't have speed at all. Uh, their bench is very weak. Uh, the lineups change every other every other day. Uh, the reason we had called us in Shid yesterday, and they have a right-handed pitcher uh, starting the game. I don't know if Cola is hurt. I don't know if Cola can perform, but I don't know why Cola is not. A, it wasn't played right field. Uh, it's just a, a white socks. I'm sorry, Chicago media don't ask. Uh, at least we know. Listen, you know we know was aware why no why Cola wasn't played. Um, why sheets? You know, he's just making so many things about it, and you have to stay one. You know, with the future. The future is Cola's. The future is Burger. Just play those guys every day to see what's going to go be sheets. Let him face lefty to see what's going on. They know they don't go anywhere. They know, well, it's time for, for them to get some bat to see what they can have in the future. And uh, the makeup of the team is just like, oh, it's all fake. You know what I mean? I, I think when they talk, we're a family. We love each other. we a uh, great clubhouse. Uh, we get along. Um, listen, you don't do that unless you're winning. I don't care what people say. Everybody in the screen trying to love each other. Everybody in the screen trying to everything go very well. Look it out where we practice. Look it out because... I was there before, and but I say I remember saying one day, uh, if we love each other the way we love each other in September, the way we love right now in spring training, that means we have a great, a great season. But uh, I don't think the White Sox right now they they find a way to lose, uh, they find a, a different way to to don't get it done, uh, and uh, it's confusing because all of a sudden these guys you make you excited for a couple of days, then they disappear for a week and uh, it's something like uh, I think that you say you're right they got great talent there's very bad ball club very bad ball club it's just like uh, the talent they have it's a shame because it's, it's it's a trade deadline and maybe they're looking for six or seven players from for White Sox uniform and uh, why you say like okay wait a minute they, they want this player what's wrong with us we cannot win with these players in our ball club, because there's a lot of guys there. They they like it. They want it. They want it. They want it for real. And nowadays it's like, see what happened. I think I think Jerry Reinders said, "Oh, you know what, guys? I I make a comment last night about saying the best thing happened to the White Sox they get swept by Minnesota Twins of the of records, obviously. Why? Because I want them to win. I want him to have a good game. I said, why? Because make it easy for front office. When you win two and lose five, the front office say, okay. Let's wait. We're only 10 games behind now. But it's 17 games on the 500. Why are they waiting for? Are, uh, to see what the best deal is going to be? They have a great talent out there, and I'm pretty sure if they move on to another ball club, I think they're going to have a better second half or say that better two more, more, two more months. Dylan Cease back on the mound tonight for the White Sox against Sonny Gray. White Sox and Twins 615. The game is on Fox. Joined by Ozzy Guillen, kind enough to join us on a Saturday here and inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 the score. Ozzy, along those lines, we talk about it a lot, but Tim Anderson has been very good at the plate. The approach has been more like we're used to seeing from Tim Anderson since the resumption of the All-Star break. 
is there something that you believe he's trying to, you know, be motivated by the fact he might be traded? He might benefit from a change of scenery, even though he's affordable next year. What are the like? What what are the chances? What's the likelihood of Tim Anderson being dealt before the deadline? In your mind? Uh, you know, there's a lot of people talk about. Okay, can you play second base? His value is going to be up. White Sox have baseball by the hands. Why? Because they don't need to trade him. They have a great. I uh, have another year on his contract. Very cheap. Uh, this kid is. I don't know. Is 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 performed last since the All Star break. Uh, it's no surprise me at all because he's hit the ball to right field. Uh, when he hit the ball to right field, this guy is just an amazing hitter. Uh, shortstop is to play a little bit better. And some team asked me about uh, can he can he play shortstop? I say you need a shortstop or you need a good player. You could have a great player. It's no doubt about it. But you need a shortstop. I, I don't know. I cannot put my hands. Uh, in the middle, I'd say yes, he will play shortstop because I don't see him be a good shortstop. But uh, I think change scenario for him. I think it'd be great because I thought I think this guy can be a hell of a ball player with somebody around him, uh, push him to do better and uh, winning attitude. A lot of people say, "Well, we, we never know how we're going to play in a winning in a winning situation." But I think this guy still has a lot of talent there to go out there and compete. Still young, still hungry. Uh, but I think the best thing for him uh, is it's just, it's just uh, you know what I mean, try to put another uniform. Our friend Ozzie Gian joining us on Inside the Clubhouse. He's David. I'm Bruce. We're here every week, 49 to 52 weeks out of the year, talking baseball on the score on Saturday morning. Ozzy, when you uh, when you see Mancada come back, if he comes back anytime soon, do you sit down and you tell him, look? Jake Berger's our third baseman. We already have a first baseman that we can't move anywhere else in Vaughn. Berger's our third baseman. He's going to hit 35 home runs. Mr. Mankata, you have to go back to second base and give us your very best effort over there. We do not have a second baseman. You've played there before. Maybe you weren't great there, but, but you're the best one that we have to keep our best players on the field. Would you think a, a conversation like that would be Something you would do if you were the manager? What would you do in that situation? It all depends what the front office people want. Is it going to be a second baseman? I say, listen, kid, you're going to be a second baseman or you're not going to be anywhere. That's the first thing about it. I, I, you, why you have to ask people nowadays, like, okay, hey, listen, kid, we move you to second baseman. Can you play upfield? Can you be DH? I, I don't see that happen. You know, Spain, you, you talk to him, you ask him, say, or things going to be better. With you are second base. That's the number ten, and we want you to help us. Sec, I think I think I had the feel Moncada cannot play second base because he got back problems. When you play second base and you have back problems, that gonna be worse because you will you will go to have move more. You gonna to move to the right, to the to the left, to the right, right. to your back. You know, cover second base, turn double plays. At third base, you just sit there. The only thing you can do is move. Moving for a ground ball or bunt, but second baseman, you know, the problem you have in the back is a, uh, I think it's, it's a big problem. We just we don't know how big they are or how bad it is. Yes, is I think he got a, uh, a bad problem, and uh, but if this guy is ready to play, it can help us at least three, four, five times a week. I ask him to move to second base because 
you know what I mean? Uh, Chisbury, you know, he, he cannot play another position. <laughs> he, he, he cannot play another position. And he's been playing pretty good third base, and I think he's going to get better because this kid work, love to be better, and I think uh, I, I will ask Boncara the right way, and he cannot take it the right way. I say, sorry, it's going to be the wrong way then. Or you in or you out. That's it. You make the call. And uh, because I will play you second base no matter what because the team needs you at second base. Ozzy, that makes all the sense in the world, and I think you could pull that off. And I would understand if the White Sox did that because he at least has played there before at the major league level. This is what drives me crazy, though. Last night again, we see another infielder playing the outfield. Zach Relimard is out in right field starting there by design. Why do they continue to do that? I thought this was something that they were going to stop doing after last year. It's a bad idea. He made an error, and it cost them. I don't understand. Who's making these decisions? Is it Pedro? Is it the front office? Whoever it is, don't they need to stop? That's my question. Was What's happened with uh, with uh, Colas? I said, what happened with Colas? Well, everybody say, not because you play two days in the outfield in the minor leagues. Not because you play, ah, listen, we don't have a right fielder today. Can you go out there? When you're a good athlete, yeah, you're going to be set up there for a couple of days. But no, in the big league level, it's, it's funny when you go, oh, he can play every position. No, it's not. Not because you stand up in the field for a couple of days, you can play every position. Or you can play shortstop, second man, first base when you play in the infield and you're a good athlete. Not in the big league level, guy, I'm sorry. And that guy was like 40 home run hitter, 140 RBI. Of course, but this guy is another player. You know, he's a great player. I don't say great player, I'm sorry, I take it back. He has been very good for the White Sox. Very, very good. He's, he's amazing everything. But uh, uh, I have Chiefs' better outfield than he is. Uh, Colas, obviously, he wasn't play. Uh, he just like, you know, hey, that's why, guys, open your mouth. Open your mouth. You're talking about statistics, talking about numbers, talking about the computer, talking about that. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that's beautiful, Ozzy. Look, um, the guys put all those numbers. Hey, I'm not against numbers. The guys put all those numbers like we do. They never played the game. They never did. They never talked to the players. They sit in the front office. They sit in the office hiding in the in the thing, play with the computer all day, and, and that that thing doesn't work. I'm telling you, I believe in numbers. Yes, because numbers being baseball for a long, long time. But somebody got to tell me from the front office, hey, we got to do this. We got to do this because the number. I say, okay, when you ever wear a uniform, when you ever talk to the players. When you ever see those guys practice, when you ever that's that's my point. My point is that when you say, Okay, we're gonna play this guy because the number is better against Verlander, no. I think it's a bunch of baloney. Yes it does. I believe in numbers, yes I do. But all the numbers give me by a computer, no chance. Listen guys, Orioles. I think it's that. White Sox. They say got the same computer, same stats, the same thing. Why both tomorrow's got better team than the White Sox? Why? Okay, check it out. Then don't give me that that stupid thing about computer. They they just give somebody a new job. Or this is my body. This is my coffee, my drinking body. Okay, I'm gonna give you a you just thing about computer. Nowadays, what I'm gonna say, guys, nowadays baseball people, baseball people, they're not plays around. They're a bunch of guys from I don't know, from, you know I mean, uh, oh gosh, it's, it's a different college, 
uh, college education, uh, degrees. They even play baseball? No. They even know what baseball is? No. I don't care who it is, what they do. Is they're going to be like that forever? Good. Good for them. But how many, how many people, how many uh, organizations have a real baseball people? Like they can say, listen, I don't know about this. Why would we not put this thing together? Nope. That's why we're going to go to do it. It's, 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 they're all fake. Everything out there with numbers all fake. Because in baseball, it's every day is different. Every pitcher, everything, everything is different every day when, when baseball is going on. Ozzy, you're the best. Really appreciate you joining us on a Saturday. One of the smartest baseball people in Chicago. Thank you very much. All right, guys. Take care, bro. Ozzy Guillen, former White Sox shortstop, World Series winning manager, and now the best analyst in town at NBC Sports Chicago, pre and post game, talking White Sox. Bruce, great why points you, there. David, by why do you call him? Why do you call him the best? Because I'm not going to argue with you that, but is he the best because he's the most honest about what he sees? It's subjective. I, I think that, and I think also is just maybe a reaction to what he had to say, striking me a certain way. He he assesses what's wrong with the White Sox as well as anybody. Uh, in town, the best analyst of White Sox baseball right, to right. me because of that. Yeah, he's he's not going to try to say things just to be popular. He's more interested in being right. He's not afraid to hurt somebody's feelings, okay? And he always and he doesn't go out of his way to make some player look bad. But if somebody is not hustling or somebody is out of position and he doesn't know why, he's not going to be afraid to say it, okay? He just tells you what he sees from the player, from his 20-year career playing, from his long career as managing and coaching. He just tells you what he sees. And unfortunately, that has worked against Ozzy in a lot of his career. Never getting a, another manager's job again after what he did with the White Sox and the, and the little small mistakes he made maybe along the way in Miami. I think is one of the most outrageous things that I can even think of because people are afraid of Ozzie Guillen. What are you afraid of? Somebody that's going to come in there, help you win a championship, tell you the truth? Why would people be afraid of someone that's going to tell the truth? Speaking of telling the truth, Bruce, I wanted to get your perspective on what I read on, I think it was Friday morning in the Sun-Times from Daryl Van Scowen on Joe Kelly and how Joe Kelly was talking about Jake Diekman, the former teammate, the lefty reliever, who did not have much success with the White Sox after the trade last year at the deadline, came to the Sox and was mixed results, but most of them weren't good. Joe Kelly said something to Daryl about how the Rays, where he has had some success, maybe the ERA doesn't reflect it totally, but they've been happy with him for the most part, how they reduced his number of pitches that he threw from four to two how they focused on certain things and the grip and the delivery and a lot of the mechanics. And basically, to me, to the maybe the person not in that clubhouse, raise questions about, hey, if the Rays could do this and see this, why can't the White Sox? What did you think about a pitcher in the Sox bullpen raising doubts about the coaching approach to a former teammate? Yeah, he's a, he's a real big help, isn't he? I, I, I'd say <laughs> he should follow him right out the door, okay? That's my opinion. I mean, he's not he's not helping by talking about ancient history of uh, Jake Diekman, who, who didn't pitch well here. I, I, has he pitched better? Has he been, uh, you know, rejuvenated somewhere else? Good. 
I think the White Sox uh, pitcher, pitching and hitting coaches can do the same when somebody comes in here. Oh, I, I, I get what you're saying, David, but I mean, is this is this guy a help or is he is he a part of the problem uh, in, by by raising those type of ideas? Well, I'm not so much agreeing with what changed Jake Dickman, and frankly, I don't care how well he pitches for the Rays. I'm not following the Rays. I what, what I'm bringing it up for is that I do wonder, like you said, the reaction, your reaction was Mully's reaction, which is I think maybe many Sox fans' reactions. Like, what are you doing saying yeah. something publicly and, that and, raises questions about your coaching staff? And good for Daryl. You know, good good reporting, good information, yeah. uh, good good having a, a, a relationship with uh, this guy uh, coming in here. But here's what I see a lot of times on both sides of town and all throughout baseball, David. I see soldiers of fortune come in, guys that have had success elsewhere, veteran guys that have been there for 8, 10, 12 years. They come into a town and uh, they don't want to form relationships. They don't want to be interviewed very often. All they would like to do is play the rest of their career out, and hopefully this is a winning team. If it's not a winning team, they're not going to be necessarily a uh, help to that franchise or that city, okay? It's just part of the baseball soldier of fortune mentality. Kelly happens to be the latest soldier of fortune traipsing through the clubhouse. You know, I'm praying that he can get traded here uh, for the for him, not so much, and the White Sox people who need to move themselves on from this soldier of fortune who uh, really has been hurt more than he's been uh Helpful to them. He's he has great talent. He's got a, a magic arm when he's not hurt, but uh, it really hasn't been able to stay out there long enough to really be impactful for the White Sox. It's July twenty second. The trade deadline is August first. Should he stay or should he go? We'll ask the question next about the professor on the north side inside the clubhouse. Chicago Sports Radio six seven to the score. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Who should stay and who should go? Should I stay or should I go now? With Bruce Levine and David Haw on Inside the Clubhouse on 670 The Score. You always kind of do, you, you know, the grass could be greener, that kind of thing. But I think I've been so lucky that uh, to be here for so long that I've seen so many guys come through here from other organizations. And so you hear really about how everywhere else operates, you know, how the fan bases are and everything like that. And at the end of the day, every single person that comes through here wants to be here. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670 to score. David Hall, Bruce Levine till 11. That was the voice of Kyle Hendricks. Should he stay or should he go? And Bruce, you had a conversation 
with Kyle about that very dilemma or whether or not he's considering whether he will be going or staying because the team has a $16 million club option in 2024. He is somebody whose contract makes him tradable, whose experience makes him wanted, I would imagine. What do you think, Bruce? Should Kyle Hendricks stay or should he go to bring back whatever the Cubs could get in return? Um, well, if you asked me the question at the end, you threw in bring back whatever the Cubs can get back in return. No, no on that part. Uh, yes, if they make them an offer of something that's really going to benefit them. And, and here, is, here is what we need to talk more about over the next 10 days. Mm-hmm. The Cubs aren't in that rebuild of where they just started out three years ago anymore, as you pointed out, okay? And, and rightfully so, you point out every year, you know, for three years now, is it going to be the same thing? I think it can be different this way, David. I don't think they have to trade for the Pete Crow Armstrongs anymore who are three years away. I think what they need to do and are hopefully doing is, yes, we have Kyle Hendricks. Yes, he's going to help somebody win this year and next year. He can help us win this year and next year. We need somebody closer on a major league roster, close to a major league roster, that we can project now for our team. Not a guess about and try to develop over three or four years. We need more players that we can project this last two months, next year, as a part of our team going forward. We need to be better in trading for players who can help us in the near future. That's a tough needle to thread. I I don't disagree, but that is a tough thing to ask because you're splitting the difference. You're not exactly going down the road where you say it's another July. We're going to get everything we can for every player we can trade. You're saying we're going to kind of keep the guys we sort of maybe like a little and then get the guys in return who we maybe kind of sort of think can play. I think you're trying to split a difference here, Bruce, where that's a difficult balance to strike for an executive because – you know, when, when you make any argument, right, you don't want to be wishy-washy. You want to, like, take a position, defend it, go in that direction. It's yeah. going to be stronger. And I, I don't I, know if the I, Cubs can do that. I have an answer for you, David, and it is if you don't hear that, do not trade him. You have Kyle Hendricks okay. under contract right. now. You have him for next year. He brings an awful lot to the ballpark along with his 3.45 lifetime ERA. He brings that type of cubness, that type of professionalism to the ballpark every day where you said, this this guy's a leader. Not only that, for our young pitchers, uh, they're going to watch how he prepares himself. That's important as well. That's not, it's not enough to just say, okay, that's all he's going to do. He's got to pitch and help you, and, and you must determine if he has enough life left in his arm to get through next year and be that benefit to you. Uh, these are, you know, easy things for me to solve on the radio, much more difficult for Hoyer and Hawkins and the rest of the front office to figure out. But bring back closer players to helping a team out right now. That would be my goal if I was the Cubs front office. 312-644-6767. What do you think about using 
Kyle Hendricks as trade bait potentially. In three of his last five starts, Bruce, he's gone at least six innings. So he yeah. is getting and staying in games and keeping the Cubs close. He is at this stage of his career, he's not the ace. Maybe he was earlier. He's not the guy that was a number one or two starter before, but he still is dependable, reliable, and really somebody who, with with the number of catchers that they're using, how many do they have on, on, under contract now? Four? Kyle Hendricks is a guy that gets on the mound, calls his own game, and is an asset in that way, sets a great example. He's worth keeping to me. So if you were asking the question and playing the game, should he stay or should he go, because of what you described in terms of the hall, because of what he means to this organization, I would think he should stay. Right. And on the other, the other side, you know, who do the Cubs match up with? I think uh, the Cubs just lost their starting catcher for the, last, the rest of the year, okay? He's a gold glove caliber catcher. What do the Cubs have right now that they can afford to trade? They can afford to trade Jan Gomes. If they're, if they're not seriously considering themselves a, a team that's going to go to the playoffs, Jan Gomes and Bellinger in a package, you want to throw another Cub pitcher into a deal, a huge package with the Yankees for players that you want back, okay, I'm ready. I, I'm ready. There, there seems to be that matchup. Bellinger fits. Gomes fits for the rest of the year. He's a free agent after two more months. The Yankees don't have a commitment to him. So uh, is it easy for me to package a guy on the radio? Yes, it is very easy. Does it make sense that they have some type of great matchup, possibly with the Yankees, that they can do all their shopping uh, with the Cubs and the Cubs can get back some really good talent like they did last year when they made the trade uh, with the, or in 2021? With Rizzo and last year getting back Wisniewski, uh, they've shown to be able to make trades together. Let's party one more time. And let's not forget this, Bruce. I, okay, I, I, I like it, though, when you call for a party. But I, but I do think also, let's not forget last year at the trade deadline. I don't think the people expected the Cubs co- to come out of that and go 37-31. and 31. That was the surprise of the second half that the Cubs were actually competitive in that division and they were playing winning baseball. Why do you think that happened? Before you answer that, yeah. would you agree also that if they were able to do that, kind of what you're describing, splitting the difference, maybe trading Stroman because of the contractual realities and everything else, but getting, uh, getting something in return that allows you to stay competitive? The Cubs are sitting right now five games under, seven and a half games back. Is it inconceivable to think that they could maybe split that difference and still make a little bit of a run? Yeah, well, uh, baseball as it is, you know, division baseball isn't that big of a deal right now as far as getting yourself back because you don't play as many division games anymore. So that head-to-head is certainly a big, big problem uh, for teams that used to say, well, we can make a run at the division. Well, how many games they have left in their division? How many times do they play Milwaukee? Okay. I think, I think they only have like six games left with Milwaukee. Okay. If that's the case, you know, it, if you split those games, do you really, you don't make up any ground, right? You're still seven and a half behind them. <clears throat> I think the, the reality of the situation uh, this year is different. So it dictates a different response to whether you're a, a contender or not. 
Um, I, I love the idea of the Cubs contending. I love the idea of them adding on. I want them to add players that are going to help them now and they're going to help them next year and the year after. I don't want to hear anything too much about, yeah, we got their best 18-year-old uh, shortstop and uh, we think that projected, you know, within three years he's going to be our major league shortstop. I, as you said going into the show, I don't want to hear about <clears throat> projections of young players three or four years from now. It's the Chicago Cubs. You have to start projecting about next year and the year after being contenders again. I think the manager, the coaches, the players all want that too. Um, easier said than done, but that is the charge of Mr. Hoyer right now. More competitive players that are ready close to the major league level or at the major league level in your trades. Speaking of player development, Bruce, one question for you before we take our final break. Miguel Amaya has, I think, taken a step forward this year. He's been a guy mm -hmm. that you could envision being an everyday catcher. I wonder this, though. They have now four catchers under contract, P.J. Higgins at Iowa. They bought him from the Arizona Diamondbacks, maybe to give them some flexibility. Why has, why has, why, why has Barnhart been – the, the catcher for Kyle Hendricks the last couple mm -hmm. times out when Amaya yeah. was the one I thought was developing this great rapport? It's a great question. I talked to David uh, Ross about that <clears throat> off the record um, a couple days ago, so I can't share all of it. But I will tell you this. <clears throat> Expect Amaya to be catching uh, the lion's share of the games starting August 1st. Okay. So if you can imagine... Uh, you know, Barnard, uh, in certain matchups, was better catcher. I don't believe, unless I didn't see the game yesterday, so I apologize. If Amaya didn't catch yesterday, uh, he has not caught since the All-Star break, okay? He has not caught an inning from the All-Star break. And if that's the case, that's why I, I went up to David and talked to him about it. And as I said, I can't share everything, but I can tell you, that, he, that Amaya is hugely in their plans and that they want him to be catching as much as possible. But right now, uh, you know, there's several things going on, including the deadline. You know, uh, Gomes has been a, an outstanding catcher for them. He's uh, helped them win. He, he can help someone else win if they don't think they're the team that's going to win this year. And that, that's the way it goes. they got two months of control left. It's been a great uh, model and has helped the pitchers a lot. But at 36, it's, you know, see you later. We're not signing you again. Miguel Amaya did catch on Friday. He was in the lineup batting ninth with Justin okay. Steele on the mound. That was good to see. And that's, that's exactly where he belongs. A little bit of breaking news here, according to Tony Andracki at Marquee. Dansby Swanson is back, activated today, likely to be in the lineup after missing the time with the bruised heel. That has been somebody the Cubs have missed. Jared Young option back to Iowa, the young first baseman, as the Cubs continue to look for somebody to play that position that's been really a difficult one to fill this season. But the big news there, Bruce, Dansby Swanson back today against the Cardinals. And Nick Madrigal playing second base for Iowa today on his way back to Chicago as well eventually. Yeah, that's interesting. How do you, how do you read into that? Well, I think Madrigal playing second base would probably, you know, gives him a little bit uh, familiarity at a spot to, to uh, quality depth in case Dansby Swanson suffers a setback. 
mm-hmm. uh, I don't know that they have answers at third or first base, and that's been the ongoing conundrum for the Cubs this season. Mm, you, do you think they're just going to eventually say, Christopher Morrell, you are our everyday third baseman for the rest of the year? I would think that we, as you sort of give us this nice, delicious hint of what is to come about Miguel Amaya, something you can't share yet. But if he is the catcher every day after August 1st, why wouldn't Christopher Morrell playing third base make a lot of sense? Because I understand Patrick Wisdom has some value because he could get on a streak and go hit home runs, but I don't know that he's the answer any longer. I just think you've got to make a commitment to Christopher Morrell, and maybe if you're developing him at the major league level, you take what you get defensively because you need his bat in the lineup. Yeah, uh, so are we looking at player development uh, at with players that have big league talent like Amaya and Morrell? I, I don't, I don't have any problem with that, David. Uh, these guys uh, have <clears throat> some big thunder in their bats. They should be out there and playing every day. Uh, if you're if you're going for a championship uh, and you're going for the playoffs, they can be a part of that. Uh, but <clears throat> I think you're just going to see a little bit different roster for the Cubs starting August 1st. Recapping the news, Dansby Swanson activated today. He is going to be in the lineup, presumably for the Chicago Cubs against the Cardinals. Pre-game right here on the score at 12:35. First pitch, 120. Jared Young, the first baseman, optioned to Iowa. When we come back, it is Pat Hughes' day and another tribute from another radio legend here on Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw. The atmosphere in the booth, it would differ from team to team, but I like to have fun. I like people to feel comfortable when they're in there with me, and I think that's the atmosphere that creates the best broadcast. That's just my opinion. Welcome back Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 6-7, the score. That was Pat Hughes back when we talked to him in December when this was a process just beginning. Today it culminates with him becoming the 47th recipient of the Ford C. Frick Award. His speech will be streamed live on MLB.com. It will be on during the Cubs game, which we'll be listening to right here on the score pregame at 1235. After the Cubs game, after the post game, I will host a, a mini show uh, and we'll let you listen to Pat's speech in its entirety, talk about it, and then that will build a bridge to Pat's call to the hall. You can listen to it again tonight after his speech, and we talk about it. The official partner of the Chicago Cubs is Granger, and they bring you the speech tonight. Call click Granger.com or just stop by. Bruce, big day ahead for you. You are in Cooperstown for Marquee Sports, and you've got to be looking forward to what's ahead. I am. You know, uh, as soon as right around the time the game starts, uh, that's when Pat will be uh... – giving his uh, speech right around 2 o'clock Chicago time. And uh, he goes in uh, the broadcast wing of the Hall of Fame, John Lowe, a great reporter and uh, columnist from Detroit uh, for so many years, goes into the writer's portion of the Hall of Fame, uh, getting the special, it used to be called the, the Spink Award, you know, the guy that ran the uh, sporting news, but uh, they took that name away because he was, not a great person. They took him away. But nonetheless, as I digress, uh, it's going to be a fun day of all of that, David. And I'm also excited for Matt Spiegel and Elise Meneker, who will be doing the play-by-play in the color 
on the station. They did it yesterday. They get to do it today. Um, you know, Mitch Rosen uh, picked them out along with uh, Ryan Porth to, uh, to do the play-by-play. What a great honor. What a great uh, chance for both uh, Matt and for Elise, who are two uh, sensational broadcasters who I've had uh, the great pleasure of working with myself a lot. So I'm wishing them all the best to enjoy that experience and uh, for people to enjoy them as well. So while while the guys step away for the Hall of Fame induction and, and to honor Pat, it's a great opportunity for them as well. It's been a great week of fun giving paying tribute to Pat Hughes. And one of the most fun interviews doing that was Jonathan Brandmeier, who has a rare connection, an unusual link to Pat Hughes. He credits Pat with helping Johnny B cure his throat issue because Pat endured something similar. I wrote a column about that for the Chicago Tribune in 2017. Johnny B was on the Parkinson Spiegel show earlier this week, recounting and thanking Pat Hughes. So you got Pat Hughes going into the hall of fame. He's this, great a human as you think he is so here's the here's the first base boom uh i know the caspers so len casper len can you get me and pam his wife can you get me contact to pat hughes this is a sunday pay attention sunday boom. E- email to pat hughes <laughs> you got you got it email to pat hughes boom pat i'm going through some things bang phone rings five minutes later pat hughes hey tell me what's going on jb here's what's going on hold on you need to talk to dr aaron friedman he was the doctor in the i think he was in chicago first now he's at uc cincinnati he mentored under um dr zeitels who is dick vitals roger daltrey's lionel richie's wow he's these guys are vocal cord dudes so this is sunday night pat hughes hangs up Dr. Aaron Friedman. And he's talking to me. What do you want to do? He goes, again, any pictures? I got some pictures. He goes, let me look at him. Oh, I sent him on the phone. He goes, okay, get in here right away. I come in and he does the surgery. Surgery number one. This is May 4th on May 4th, 2022. Had a three-month checkup, a six-month checkup. And last week, June 22nd, I had a one-year checkup. I mean, I'm good to go. Like, I was good to go after eight weeks. Oh, by the way, you can't speak. Can't speak for two weeks. <laughs> Think about that. Jonathan Brandmeier on the Parkinson Spiegel show talking about Googling, finding a story that I wrote, calling Pat Hughes, being connected by Len Casper, small world, big results, Johnny B. All is well. Let's hope he finds some good news when they go back in in August. And he sounded great talking about Pat Hughes. But Pat, just that kind of guy. We heard from somebody who he – praise at his high school sports banquet back in Wisconsin and whether it's somebody who remains anonymous and we don't know who who that is a guy calling in or a radio legend in Chicago Pat Hughes has the same approach regardless he is the he he is just uncommonly considerate and sincere well it's nice to be able to honor somebody that's not only a great talent but a but a, a really wonderful human being and Pat is all of that and you know, we, we, people get tired of hearing, yeah, you know, it's great talent, great person. It, you know, for some people, it's not always true. In the case of Pat Hughes, it's 100% true. He's just a gracious, wonderful guy. He has a strong idea about who he is and how good he is at it. But at the same time, he's a selfless broadcaster who includes his broadcast partners and is never about his ego. It's all about how he can give the best 
most educated and fun broadcast that he can give every day. And he does that as good as just about anybody that's ever uh, broadcast a Major League Baseball game. Only four other Chicago broadcasters have entered the Hall of Fame as Ford C. Frick Award winners. Bob Elson, Jack Brickhouse, Harry Carey, Hawk Harrelson, and today Pat Hughes. Another great teammate follows us next, Mark Grody. He will be on until Cubs pregame at 1235. He's got Matt Spiegel as a guest at 1145 and Steve Rosenblum at noon. Bruce, thanks for all that you did in setting today's show up. I hope you have a great time out in Cooperstown. Yeah, check in on Gene Elston. I think he spent some time with the Cubs, so I think the Hall of Fame might have missed that one. But he's also uh, in the broadcast wing. Yeah, people can follow me on Twitter at MLB Bruce Levine on our website, 670score.com. Sean Sears, job well done. Thanks to our great guest, David. Thanks to you, as uh, we always have fun sparring and uh, bringing up hopefully interesting subjects to all of our listeners. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I will be back after the postgame show to let everyone in on what Pat Hughes had to say during his acceptance speech. I will talk to you then, and if not, I'll talk to you Monday morning, Mullenhoff, 530 on Monday. Thank you for listening, everyone. It's been Inside the Clubhouse right here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is Electrified Diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with a vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com.